A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, Alarmy. Before we get started, we wanted to make sure you heard the big news. The Alarmist has joined Patreon. Patreon subscribers will get access to our content ad-free, as well as our aftermath post-interview discussion and final verdict. We'll also be putting out additional bonus episodes and other fun stuff. Here's a preview of Guest Alarmist, where I step aside and let a guest walk us through a personal tragedy, and together the Alarmist crew figures out who's to blame. This month, Adam Lustig discusses his 2003 telegram disaster. Sandy ran this telegram company, and another part of the business was uh, children's costumed characters for birthday parties, many of which I did. And uh, because, like Clayton said, Sandy didn't have the rights from Disney to, like, license to, like, advertise or promote the character as actual Mickey Mouse, as actual Minnie Mouse, she had to have alt names for all Mm. of the children characters (laughs) that would clear (laughs) copyrights. So it was Mr. Mouse. It was Ms. Mouse. Elmo was just the letter L dash Mo. SpongeBob, this is the best one, was SpongeRob. So things like... (laughs) So and you work on for and this on. company, which and is on and on SpongeBob's I can't, name. I can't. Really, still Sponge Robert. Still just a Sponge Robert. Nickname. But it's just a so, different yes. version. And did it look Robert. exactly like SpongeBob? That's right. Bob? Did yeah. Rob look? It was Rob a twin of Bob, <laughs> or 
Exactly. Was he slight? Was he fraternal? Yeah. Was it an identical twin? Was he a fraternal twin? No, it was identical Good. twin. I'm sure it would right? seem <laughs> seemed identical. Go to Patreon.com/slash/TheAlarmist and subscribe today. Now on to our episode. Each week, we decide who's to blame for a historical tragedy, and each week, you tell us if we got it right. My name is Rebecca Delgado Smith, and this is the aftermath. The aftermath. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into this episode of The Aftermath. Today we're speaking with guest expert Alyssa Bereznak. Alyssa is a journalist with a focus on tech and culture, and she's the reporter and host of the podcast Boom Bust, The Rise and Fall of HQ Trivia. She's also a senior staff writer at The Ringer. Let's hear what she has to say about what was happening behind the scenes at HQ Trivia. Hi Alyssa, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Rebecca. So first off, in case there just happens to be someone out there, a listener who was off the grid from 2017 to 2019, can you explain to us what HQ Trivia is? I would be happy to. (laughs) Um, HQ Trivia is a mobile trivia game that would arrive at the same time in everyone's phone at um, 3 p.m. Eastern time and 9 p.m. Eastern time. And it would be a live broadcast show with a live host. And that host was Scott Rogowski mainly. And he would ask 12 trivia questions and you would respond using interactive features on your phone. And if you got all the questions correct, you would win actual cash money, like real money. And that amount would be split and that amount continued to rise. But um, that amount of money would be split between all the users who got the questions right. So it's this very um, sort of attention demanding, interactive mobile game. And who were the company's founders? How, how did they get their start? So the company's founders were uh, Russ Yusupov and Colin Kroll. And they are famous for also founding Vine, which, as you might know, it was a very, very popular um, video posting editing app. I, people say it was a precursor to TikTok. They founded that company along with a guy named Dom Hoffman. Um, and sold it to Twitter for $30 million before it ever launched. Um, So they had had a really big hit before that. Twitter sort of flubbed the um, execution of Vine. They never really managed to monetize it. And it was sort of uh, unsurreptitiously shut down, or not unsurreptitiously, unceremoniously shut down. (laughs) Um, And... uh, And so they, around 2016, decided to start something new. They had gotten some funding from some venture funds, and um, Colin and Russ started iterating on this idea um, based on a documentary made by the guy who wrote Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I think his name is Douglas Adams. (laughs) And... um, it was this documentary called Hyperland. And it was very hokey. It was like made in 1990. But it basically imagined sort of a world outside of like linear flat 
screen TV. So this idea that like the content that you were watching, you could interact with. Um, and Colin and Russ, I think both thought that was really cool. Uh, I think, you know, Douglas Adams is a kind of a idol among certain circles. Um, people love Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And so they started to iterate on this app that was based on that idea. And it was this idea that you could sort of interact with a live video feed and, you know, write in, um, in the comments and, um, and press buttons that will indicate to the host that something is changing. And so they, they've hosted a lot of different shows on this app. And one that fit most was sort of like a quiz about what, uh, like this person would, uh, like have face filters on their face and they would like do impressions and then like, the people watching would say like oh uh like they would guess who that person was like oh you're owen wilson or something like that um and so it was like the one that was like catching on the most and so they decided hey why don't we just like turn this into a quiz show and so that's where the name hq trivia came from it's hype quiz and and how, what were the early days like? When, how did they eventually get Scott Rogowski um, involved? And, and, and what was his interview process and experience like? So the early iterations, from what I understand, it was just like very informal, like true startup days. Like they just had a bunch of creative people in a room and were trying things and, um, you know, from reporting on the story, I just know that people really loved that time. Like, I think part of the reason it was so successful is because everyone was able to like offer their creative input and they were able to execute quickly and, um, and that resulted in a great product. And so, yeah, um, I guess one of the employees there had worked with Scott Rogowski at The Onion and um, Scott had, was a comedian on the scene in New York City, and he um, had had some experience hosting other things. And so he was called in for an audition. And, uh, you know, according to his telling of it to me, he didn't really take that audition very seriously. <laughs> he said he usually is like clean shaven and doesn't wear glasses during auditions. But I think he just thought, like, what is this? I don't really care about this. Um, so, and he, like, he even told me he made some sort of like, you know, poor, poor joke about live streaming killings or something when he was oh, airing. No. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> it was bad. But somehow he got the job, maybe just because there weren't that many people auditioning for it. I'm not sure. Um, and, and yeah, he, he started working as the main host of HQ Trivia. There were others. Um, but he was definitely the face and the name of it. How quickly, once it launched, was the app gaining traction? Uh, what was the company able to? Uh, was the company able to keep up with the user demands in the beginning? So it launched, I think, somewhere in late August 2017, and from that point it was gaining a lot of traction. People were enjoying it and people were talking about it. And then there was this thing that happened in the fall of 2017 that just completely 
change the course of the company's future, which is that um, uh, a, a tech journalist named Taylor Lorenz, uh, who was working at the Daily Beast at the time, she wanted to profile Scott Rogowski because, you know, people were really into him. He was great at his job. People were calling him quiz daddy. He had sort of gained this like cult status among like the HQ trivia users. And um, in the process of profiling him, one of the co-founders, Russ, got really upset that this profile was happening and basically called Taylor Lorenz and threatened to fire Scott if she ran the profile. <laughs> um, and being a great journalist, Taylor obviously included that in the story. Suddenly it became not just a puff piece, but a story about a sort of controlling founder who was willing to sort of, you know, hold Scott's job hostage for in exchange of like, you know, trying to manipulate the press. So, um, and the result is this article came out and it was right before one of the 3 p.m. airings where Scott had to host. And everyone was like, we need to tune in and see what's happening. This is now not just a, a quiz app. This is like a soap opera. <laughs> um, and, you know, Scott had to kind of awkwardly address the situation. He says, I'm fine. We're all fine. Um and, you know, ultimately there was a little bit of PR dust up there. Um, Russ hired a publicist and they ultimately staged a photo shoot at, at part of the reason that this was called the sweet green incident, by the way, <laughs> I, sh I should say that is because one of the things Scott told Taylor Lorenz was that um, he <laughs> eats at sweet green sometimes. <laughs> and one of the things Russ was upset about when he called Taylor Lorenz was that um, they didn't have like a paid partnership with Sweet, Sweet Green. So Scott's not allowed to say that he needs to say. <laughs> I, by the way, I love Sweet Green. I don't have a paid partnership with Sweet Green, but I love it. Um, and so, uh, so anyway, they staged this whole photo shoot where Scott was at Sweet Green with Russ and Russ apologized for being like a stressed out founder. <laughs> After this, people were just tuning in. Like it all of a sudden that article went viral and like everyone was like, I need to play HQ Trivia. So um, I think soon after that, they hit 100,000 concurrent users per game, which was really big for them at that time. And it just kept building. It kept building. Um, there was momentum. People started playing it with their relatives over the holidays. I remember playing it with my mom during that time. Um, Scott... Or I think showed up on Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve as like uh, one of the hosts. So that, you know, speaks to how popular he was at that time and how much HQ was in the zeitgeist. And then they had this like major Super Bowl game where like, you know, celebrities were starting to show up on these feeds and Dwayne The Rock Johnson helped co-host um, one of those so, um, but they had a very big Super Bowl thing that was basically like, meant to be during the halftime and their servers were just not able to handle the influx of people. The mm. game started glitching quite a bit. And um, that I think started to affect the performance of the company. And it, from what I 
can tell it sounds like it turned into a bit of a toxic workplace you know at the HQ offices what what was it like for employees there have you were you able to speak to any of them and and, and did it did the atmosphere transfer onto the actual product yes this is something i spoke um a lot about with employees and i think that ultimately it boiled down to the dynamic set by Russ and Colin, which is that from the very beginning, from their days of hype in 2016, neither of them had really fully believed in the other that they could be the CEO. They weren't willing to be a partnership, but they also weren't willing to cede um, power to the other. And so there was a constant tension between the two of them because Colin was known for his technical engineering prowess, but he might not have been the best communicator. There were reports in the past that he had behaved badly at Twitter um, and made people feel uncomfortable. Um, Russ, on the other hand, he was this ideas guy, but that would sometimes be very amorphous. It could just um, morph into like Steve Jobsian soup sometimes. <laughs> um, and uh, and so he wasn't really able to execute or iterate quickly. He was tinkering quite a bit. And so um, as a result, I think there was a desire for power and that trickled down to confusion and in some cases, um, miscommunication and mistreatment among employees. It was a small staff. I don't think it ever got bigger than 50 people, um, but it just started to feel for a lot of them, that things were being mismanaged, they weren't getting the correct direction, and um, and the, it was like mom and dad fighting at all times, and you can sense that kids know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, as quickly as it rose in popularity, that's how quickly HQ seemed to one day just fall out of it. How did that happen? And what you think? What do you think were some of the contributing factors? Yeah. So even as I spent so much time reporting this story, I don't think there is one sort of smoking gun to the issue. I think part of the reason I I did this podcast in the first place is because it is about the ephemerality of the attention economy. And um, HQ Trivia is a great example of that. They weren't iterating very quickly. So they hadn't launched any new games at the height of their user bases. And um, this is, you know, I, I mentioned when they started picking up Steam, they were they had about 100,000 users, but at a certain point they had millions. Um, and so their one sort of solution to increasing user base um, or user concurrent viewers um, or maintaining them was to up the cash prizes they offered. Um, and so it was, they were offering hundreds of thousands of dollars at certain points, which is just, uh, you know, when you think about maybe a, how a startup is seeded millions of dollars to run itself, you that's quite a chunk of change. And sometimes yeah. they would be through sponsorships. Like they were at their height collaborating with major brands like Warner brothers and Nike. Um, but this was just not a reliable thing because so many people were playing and so many people were winning that its own success, some say, 
contributed to the fact that it wasn't as exciting to win anymore because maybe you were splitting that large jackpot among hundreds of people and you only got like a dollar. And that's not as fun as the idea of being able to win $20,000. In other cases, I think there was just frustration over the glitching. I, as a really avid user, experienced this. It was not easy to play at certain points, and it could be extremely frustrating if you were really invested in the game. You clicked on a thing, and then the screen froze. Um, Scott, at one point, had the nickname of Glitch Daddy. (laughs) So I think that's, you know, speaks to the user's frustration. (laughs) He would just sort of get, like, like, sort of, like smushed across the screen (laughs) caught in this like position that looked scary and um in in other cases I just think like people lost interest like you do something enough you interrupt your day enough for it it's like a community thing but at a certain point it feels old and maybe instead you want to call your mom or watch something on Netflix or listen to a podcast like there are it's just so much competition that if you're not giving people a reason to stay beyond just increasing the cash prizes every day and having the occasional celebrity appearance, then you might not necessarily maintain their attention. People, you know, the viewers are very fickle and that's one of the things that companies fall over themselves trying to deal with every day. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all have stress and anxiety we carry around as we go about our everyday life. At The Alarmist, we know it's always better to say it out loud and talk it through. Whenever I stress about the sinking of the Titanic, I don't sit with those thoughts in a dark room. I turn on the lights and dive right into it. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and work through what's really going on. Maybe you can't stop spiraling or catastrophizing. I started therapy over 10 years ago and never looked back. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Heck, we sometimes change our minds and rethink the verdict at The Alarmist. And that's also okay when it comes to therapists. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Alarmist today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Alarmist. You, you mentioned the investors and the finances uh, of the company. What was going on behind the scenes? Uh, were they trying to raise capital? Uh, was that part of their business model? And how did this affect Russ and, and Colin's relationship? Okay. So originally in 2016, when they started Hype, they had gotten like a small seed round um, to just basically launch their idea off the ground and, and turn Hype into what eventually became HQ Trivia. Um, but then after the Sweet Green incident, after this thing started blowing up quite quickly um, and they were getting millions of users, um, it was it was pretty clear that it, they were ready for a big investment because advertisers were calling at their door. And um, in Silicon Valley, it was the hot, hot new startup. This was a kind of a, a new idea that um, challenged, I think, the idea that viewers wanted to watch things on their own time, on their own schedule. And so um, they started looking for investment money um, and at the same time, I think there was tension about who would run the company. <laughs> and um, around the time that they were looking, they were having trouble because people had done their due diligence on the company and they had learned about past bad behaviors at Twitter. Specifically, I guess, Colin, according to reporting um, by Kurt Wagner over at Bloomberg, Colin had made some female employees uncomfortable in conversation and mm. his behavior was described as creepy. Now that's not to say that these were sexual harassment allegations, um, but it gave investors pause and they were hesitant to invest in a company where Colin was at the head. This was also at the time when specifically in Silicon Valley, Me Too allegations were rampant. A lot of bad behavior was being brought out into the light. Um, and um, the New York Times was on that beat quite a bit. And so I think that there was just concern. Uh, and so as a result, Russ was basically given power in the company and made the CEO so that um, investment firms could feel confident that, that someone at the helm was not going to be a PR problem and um, or an HR problem. And uh, so they ended up getting 
millions of dollars in investment in the end. And that helped fuel their eventual um, next stages of HQ Trivia. At what point did Colin then become CEO? And uh, once in this position, what, what changes did he try to implement? So I think it was uh, March of 2018 that they had landed 15 million additional dollars in funding. And uh, this was also the height of their viewership. They were just doing great numbers. Um, and Russ was concerned with tinkering with it too much. I think he was afraid that if they messed with the nostalgia of the app, which sounds crazy to say since it only existed for like a less than a year at that point, um, <laughs> that people wouldn't want to stick around. Uh, and he was really focused on just tinkering small things about the main HQ trivia app. Um, and, and just though they had ideas to make other games, they just weren't working fast enough towards those ideas to have them come into fruition. Um, and so slowly the user base started falling. Um, people just weren't tuning in, even though they were upping the jackpots. Um, that spring, people just lost interest to some extent. Um, and because of that, I think there was a lot of uh, tension among employees. Uh, Scott Rogowski in particular, I think he said that at one point he woke up in the middle of the night and sent a PowerPoint uh, presentation to that, like made this whole PowerPoint presentation about like why they should pivot into being more of a media company rather than a tech company. Um, this was the existential crisis of HQ Trivia. They they were stuck in between this idea of being a tech company, which is something you can get investors to throw their money at because it has this like new piece of IP and a utility to it. And a media company, which, you know, we all know media can be a very difficult industry to make a profit in. Um, and so Russ just wasn't really willing to make a decision either way. And um, as a result, people were upset. They were worried that they were losing out on their big chance. Um, keep in mind, there's, you know, less than 50 employees at the company. So when all this stuff starts happening. They think, oh, maybe we can get rich. Like that was definitely on the minds of everyone. Like we could really cash out from this, from our hard work. And um, as a result, um, eventually the people who made up the board of HQ Trivia got involved and they basically ended up deciding that Colin would be the new CEO. And Colin was an engineering guy. So he was all about deciding we're going to ship new products. Not that Russ hadn't. He had done like an offshoot called HQ Sports, but Colin was much more interested in making that happen um, and making it happen quickly. And so that was when there was a clear shift in power and Colin was given the reins, even despite all of these concerns before about um his past experiences at twitter sadly as as we all know um colin did pass away what what do we know about his untimely death and 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 how did it change the direction that hq was going in yeah the the death of colin is just really tragic um 
he was working really, really hard at the company. Uh, at this point, all of the pressure to ensure that it succeeded was on his shoulders as the C, the new instated CEO. Um, and he was working these like legendary 100 hour work weeks. A lot of the people I spoke to said that they noticed this. They were trying to tell him to take care of himself. Um, and they were all working towards the launch of this new show called HQ Words. It was like a words trivia game. It used it, it used like different interactive um, features than the prior iterations like HQ Trivia and HQ Sports. Um, and so they were working really hard to make this happen. They were everyone in the company was feeling pretty good about the direction, at least that they had a direction. And um they had in December of 2018 a holiday office party. Um, that party was not far from their offices in Soho. Um, everyone described it as a really warm and lovely night with an open bar and specialty craft cocktails. It was, I think, really nice. A, a, like a everyone describes it as a really nice memory. And then that night, um, Colin as reported by the Wall Street Journal, um, went home and took heroin with a friend. Um, and that friend left um, and then returned because they were concerned he wasn't replying to their texts. And um, ultimately, he was discovered dead from an overdose in his apartment. Um, and it was just a, a very tragic moment. It was at the precipice of this uh, crucial moment in the company. Um, and it just crushed people at HQ. I think they were really downtrodden by this idea that, you know, they had finally been given a leader who was helping them be productive and moving them towards uh, a direction that felt hopeful. And not only did they lose that direction, but they lost, you know, a, a, for many of them, a close friend and someone they really admired. And so who who took over after Colin's death? Um, <laughs> that would be Russ. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing just because at this point there is a, it's just been a lot of switching, right? It's a little bit complicated. I think that there was concern about putting Russ back in the helm officially. And so there was a little bit of like a trust that was created among top employees and they were supposed to be co-leading. Um, but for the most part, obviously Russ had previously run the company. He He's a co-founder of the company. It was impossible not to have his influence um, be the main influence. And based on my reporting, that's what happened. So he was in charge. And, um, you know, they launched, they launched, launched words. Words was a great game. It was moderately successful, but it didn't help or stop the bleed out. Mm. And, and, and at this, what point does Scott Rogowski leave the hosting job? And, um, ha I mean, what kind of fallout did that have? So it was around spring of 2019 that ultimately Scott had been fed up. And he had clashed quite a bit with Russ. And, and also there was 
a very strange thing that happened within HQ Trivia, which was that there was like an in-staff mutiny and they sort of formed this coalition of employees who were concerned um, and they reached out again to the investors on the board and they expressed that they didn't want Russ to be at the head of the company. And so um, Scott was involved in that. And I think that that was one of the reasons why tensions had boiled over between him and Russ. Um, and as a result, Scott left in spring of 2019. And it wasn't a very good uh, uh, departure. Um, I believe there were some things that were said online. <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it, I think that there was always this tension that Scott was the face and personality who drove HQ trivia. It was impossible to separate the brand from him. I think for any company that can be a big problem because, um, if someone is not the leader of the company, but they are the face of it, uh, and they want more power and control, that can be a threat to your own power and control. Um, and th there had just always been tensions between Scott and Russ about how much he was compensated, how much feedback he was giving. Um, mm. So uh, yeah, he left and they, you know, at that point they had already been using alternate hosts, um, really great people like Sharon Carpenter. She was in the UK. They had some international auditions. And uh, as a result, they started using uh, another great host named Matt Richards for the main games. And at this point, I think they had already sunset the afternoon games and was the only like the only games that were happening were in the evening slot at that point. What were the final days of HQ like? Chaotic. <laughs> they were trying new things. They had launched a show called HQ After Dark, which was like a little bit looser. It involved Matt Richards, who I just mentioned, and Anna Roisman, who was the host of Words. And they would sometimes drink, they would sometimes swear. It Like it was just a little bit <laughs> more off the rails. <laughs> and as lack of confidence from investors continued, and Russ's direction of the company flailed. Eventually, they ran out of money. Um, they were not able to continue funding the project. And I believe it was Valentine, uh, like Valentine's Day 2020. Uh, I know this very vividly because it like ruined my Valentine's Day in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> I... <laughs> Uh, I watched a feed in uh, on the HQ Trivia feed of HQ After Dark, and it was of Matt and Anna basically mourning HQ Trivia. Um, Russ had announced on Twitter that it, it was coming to an end, and this was their one last hurrah. They were drinking quite a bit. Um, they were sort of making like little snide comments about how the company was run or just like things that were happening. Um, and there was this champagne bottle that originally um, Russ had purchased 
because he wanted to celebrate a future milestone of millions of users. And um, they had somehow gotten a hold of this champagne bottle and had sort of popped it open and were drinking it on this night of sort of HQ. It was, they were like, you know, morning HQ trivia. It was like a funeral for the show. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) So we ask all of our guest experts this question. At the end of the day, if you had to pick a person or thing, it could be a concept that you think is to blame for the rise and fall of HQ trivia, who or what would that be? I would say ego. I think that's the case for so many of the top players of that company. It's the case for Russ. It's the case for Colin. and It's the case for Scott. And there was just an inability to put aside any kind of personal investment or sense of identity wrapped around in this product and follow the data, follow best practices, follow what other tech companies have done in the past to survive. It it really was all about an idea of being in power and having it be their thing. And both Colin and Russ, you know, I based on some of the interviews I've done, I think there was a lot of pressure on them to deliver another big hit after Vine. And that can get to you. That can get to your ability to hear feedback correctly. It can get to your ability to collaborate with others. Ego is the culprit here. Mm, Alyssa, thank you so much for uh, speaking to us today about this topic. Thank you, Rebecca. If you'd like to hear our post-interview discussion and final verdict, head over to Patreon and subscribe. Your support is greatly appreciated. Check out our show notes for a link or head over to patreon.com slash the alarmist. And stay tuned because next week we'll be discussing the death of Cleopatra. The Alarmist. Powered by ACAST. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.